I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Merry Christmas. Christmas. Maybe I should have kept you standing for that. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I, uh, I'll start with an admission. This Friday, I played a little hooky from work to take care of some of my own last-minute holiday prep. I, shopped by, I stopped by a stationery store where a very sweet sales clerk asked me if I needed any help. I did, because I wanted to know if there would still be wrapping paper available after Christmas. Bless her heart, because she thought I was some kind of bargain hunter preparing for next year already. I had to admit that I was in fact just the opposite, because I still needed to do most of my gift shopping. And this woman was just sweetly baffled at the idea that on December 23rd, I was ready to admit defeat and acknowledge that I would not have my gifts all wrapped and ready under the tree this morning. And then she said, I'm always surprised when people are so behind. I mean, the season starts in October. <laughs> I decided to spare her Advent, and I just said, I know, I know. <laughs> As a culture, we just love Christmas. Perhaps that goes without saying. But I'm surprised every year about the escapism that goes with that, and the way that we kind of do that to ourselves. It's the most wonderful time of the year, after all. It's the ha happiest season of all. And we surround ourselves with those images of happy families who are all alike and the perfect present that says everything that words can't. All the mess of our lives is meant to be put away. Christmas is just not the time for that for our imperfections, our broken relationships, any insecurity and woundedness. It's just not the time. All too often, there's not room for what really is, who we really are. And if there's any room for Jesus, for a baby born to a poor family with an uncertain future, it's only in a sepia-toned kind of way, with the rough edges sanded off, that's how Mary and Joseph can look serenely on, new parents with no doubts and no fears. Our Christmas story, God's human incarnation, doesn't seem to have too much to do with our real lives either. There's no room at the inn, it seems, for us. This Christmas morning, we've dispensed with the nativity story altogether for the prologue from John's Gospel. So there's no Mary, no Joseph, but the Word. The Word that was with God and in God and was God. We have the Word, and at last, there we are. We can hear that there are people in need of life and light, people who do not accept their own when their own comes to them. I look at our world, and I understand that. I can recognize that but I'll admit that that's about all I recognize. This gospel passage is a poem, it's a rhythm, it's the movement of light and dark, and the image of it can just sort of wash over you a little bit, and it's okay. It's okay to feel a bit washed over this morning. It's okay to not know exactly what this prologue means and to kind of love it anyway. 
So I want to say just a few words about the word, word, in hopes that it might feel like a bit of a key to understanding what John is trying to say. To paraphrase an old line, they say in the beginning was the word. Which one? The word, written in the original Greek, is logos. It means word or saying or mandate or decree. All of these meanings related to speech. And logos is an important word to Greek philosophers, in particular, the philosophically minded of that time. Logos also means reason or central principle or logic, rationality itself. In the beginning was the logos, this divine word, the central principle of life, God's vision of the universe. In the beginning was the heart, mind, and creative will of God is how the Christian author Adam Hamilton explains it. It was logic that created the cosmos. John is hearkening back to Genesis here, the very beginning. In this one sentence, in this one fragment of a sentence, really, in the beginning was the word, John wants everyone listening, the learned and the powerful, the people familiar with the Greco-Roman ways of teaching and understanding, and the disempowered and the disinherited, the people who were faithful to Jewish scripture and the God that John loved. He wanted all of them to hear him clearly. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, is how John starts both writing a poem and drawing a bright, clear line between Adonai and this Son of God, Jesus Christ. Creation and salvation are essentially one. In making us, God loved us. In that way, our humanity is the point. God made us because God loves us. And he put our humanity on himself to redeem us, because he loves us. In the birth of Jesus, the love of creation is deepened and renewed word by word. A word, the act of speech is distinct from someone and yet it embodies them, which is such an amazing way to think about Jesus, that Jesus is the embodiment of everything that God wants to say to us. Distinct from God, yet flowing from God, Jesus Christ is God's love made flesh. And the word of God, the active message of divine love, has been there from the beginning. Not just the beginning of the Christmas story, the story of Mary and Joseph and the angel Gabriel. The word of God was in the very beginning, in the beginning when the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, and God spoke. God said, let there be light, and spoke light into creation, and daylight and nighttime, the sky and the land and the ocean, the dynamic word of God's love has stood from the very beginning, the embodiment of everything that God wants to say to us. Jesus Christ is God's word made flesh, and the Christmas story, the story of the birth of God's love into the world, is the story of life itself. In the beginning, God spoke. 
God's dynamic, creative, and endless love spoke the world into being, spoke order into chaos, spoke meaning into nothingness. And the birth of Jesus, in that birth, God spoke again, spoke order into chaos, hope into hopelessness, spoke meaning and dignity into the life of every human being. The Christmas story is our story. We're meant to be there, all of us, to be there and to see it clearly, to see that God is choosing humanity. This fragile and failing world because he sees the beauty in it. He sees what we see. He loves what we love. And we love because God first loved us. And this is not love as an idea. This is not love at some remove. The word of God is not just the mind and purpose of God, not just the divine logic that underpins the universe. The word of God is not just every possible depth and nuance of the word logos. It is also simply Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is the word of God. Jesus is everything that God wants to say to us. The word of God, the clear declaration of love for the world has been from the very beginning, from the beginning of creation, from the beginning of time, from the declarations of the prophets, from the first soft rushing of wings when the angel Gabriel spoke to a young, unmarried Jewish girl named Mary. God's love for us has been from every beginning, even ours, this day and this year. John is telling us, the Holy Gospel is speaking to us, that God's love for us is love stronger than death, passion more fierce than the grave, that word of love spoken into our lives from the very beginning. We are never without it. God is speaking to us, and we are being invited to respond. Because true love is always an invitation. An invitation to see oneself more clearly, to face ourselves and our imperfections and our potential with the same love that God does. Christmas invites us to see the power, the humility, and the mercy of God on full display so that we might grasp that we are known. We are known, and the true gift of our own incarnation in the world is in that knowing, that love of God, the power that our witness, our sacrifices, and our own love can have, so that we too can show forth God's glory in all the world. We are made of love made of the love that we can seldom see distilled so clearly as we can in the presence of Jesus Christ. And God so loved the world. God so loves you that he has spoken. God's word has become flesh in Jesus Christ and has dwelt among us, become one of us, and will go anywhere with us and for us. The life of Jesus is everything that God wants to say to you.
Amen.